The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about protecting information when we're communicating with others and how we transfer data from one to the other and store it. And we were, as you remember, we were at the Association for Conflict Resolution Conference back in October in beautiful New Orleans. And when I walked around to see the various vendors and exhibitors, I met this wonderful guy named Phil Robertson, who's with a company called Lockbox. And even though he was at a mediation conference Um, he really knows a lot about privacy. So we had a great time to talk. And I said, you have to come on my show to talk about privacy. And of course, in mediation, we need privacy. But he is so much more knowledgeable technology-wise. So I thought it would be fun to have him on. And uh, so he's joining us from Nevada. But let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, Phil Robertson is the business development manager with Lockbox. He joined the executive team back in 2011, and he's responsible for the business development in North America following a successful launch in Australia. With his career focused on enterprise software, Phil has a diverse background across vertical markets with high-profile channel partners in such areas like healthcare, government, banking, financial, along with entertainment and media industries. Phil has a great reputation for building and maintaining strong, solid, and lasting relationships, and we already built a a fun relationship. And more recently, with a race to the cloud, which we've talked about many times on this show, security has become an imperative step in safeguarding your assets, not only personal assets, but your corporate assets, your business assets on the internet. So Phil is the one that we can talk about. And I'm going to ask him a little bit about Lockbox, what it is, and uh, we'll get started. So thank you, Phil, for joining us. Well, thank you, Maury, for having me. Um, It was great meeting you at ACR, and uh, it was a fun conference, and learned a lot about you and what you do, and uh, how much we have in common with regard to information security and privacy. So it's great meeting you, and I, I, I thank you for having me on your show. Okay, so, you know, you were telling me about Lockbox at at the conference, so why don't you tell my, you know, my audience a little bit about what your company does? Okay, well, Lockbox is a software-as-a-service company that provides file transfer, sharing, and collaboration application um, 
to users, uh, clients, uh, um, small businesses, large enterprises, et cetera. Um, we use federal and cryptographic standards to encrypt and compress files that are too large or too sensitive to send via email or other standard delivery methods. Uh, it's primarily used in the financial, legal, and healthcare businesses to keep them compliant with regulations, um, but it's also used in other markets where privacy and security are a concern. So, uh, and, and Lockbox is uh, built on top of the Bouncy Castle cryptographic library, which is an open source library. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I just want to reiterate that it is it is cloud-based, but when you think about everyone who's listening to this, it could be really something, you know, for us, to, whenever we're transporting large files that are too big or too sensitive, sensitive, we really need to think about the best way to do that. And I know even for lawyers, I just came recently from doing a program on privacy and ethics in mediation for attorneys and for mediators. And I have to tell you, the legal industry is far behind in understanding how to protect the sensitive data, which just blows my mind. So I'm hoping that some of my friends in the legal field are, are listening in as well. So let's get well, started. I talk to lawyers quite. I, I talk to lawyers quite frequently, and they are behind. They're they're a very paper bound industry, and so it, it's it's difficult for them to to transition, so to speak. And and now when everything with the courts is being filed electronically, and that that's catching up to speed with the courts, it's uh, it's kind of scary as well. And e discovery and all that stuff that's going back and forth. It's it's very overwhelming, really. So. Hopefully, you can tell us about ways to make it easier. Absolutely. You were talking about Bouncy Castle. First of all, I don't know what Bouncy Castle is. So, for I know that you said it's a, it's a it's an internationally known um, a cryptographic library. So, what what does that mean? First of all, well, Bouncy Castle um, started in about two thousand, and <clears throat> there was a need. Um, to have a standards-based cryptography library that was easy to use and could be moved, uh, you know, relatively easily and implemented relatively easily in, in large infrastructures. And, and so uh, a couple of developers got together and formed the Legion of Bouncy Castle, um, and they created this open-source library. So it's open-source. It's a lot like, uh, you know, Linux or the Android operating system. Um, it's offered free to the world. Um, and it has this base of crypto uh, libraries and API sets that can be used in, uh, in organizations to protect their data. Um, it has about 20,000 downloads a month on wow. Bouncy Castle. Um, yeah, it is used at NASA. It's used at Citibank. It's used at Coca-Cola. And it has even been taken and put into the um, Google Android operating system. Now, doesn't so, that seem a, like a, a great target for for hackers <laughs> since it's used by so <laughs> many different industries? Oh my God, that is that so that in itself is a little bit scary, isn't it? Well, no, because the it uses a military grade encryption, and I, I know a lot of people watch, you know, um, CSI and NCIS and all of that, and, and Abby will be down in her lab and she will be hacking into this thing and breaking the crypto on it. But really, cryptography is um, very difficult to break. It's a, it's a lock and key situation. Um, and if you don't have the correct key, um, that lock is incredibly hard to break, if not impossible. As a matter of fact, the FBI was trying to 
um, crack the crypto on an Android phone. They had a, um, a criminal and they wanted to get into his phone. So they went to Google and they said, you, if you don't have the key, you're not getting in. And they could not break the crypto on the phone. And that crypto is Bouncy Castle. Mm. Um, okay. So it is, it, it is a publicly supported um, uh, API set. And uh, Lockbox also provides commercial support for Bouncy Castle because the developers who developed Bouncy Castle are the developers who built Lockbox. And so Lockbox sits on top of Bouncy Castle. Oh. And... Um, yeah, and so um, we offer support and and uh, help with integrating Bouncy Castle into major infrastructures. Okay, so let let's clarify for my audience when we're talking about companies that act as vaults. How does that all work? Well, it works differently at all companies, um, you know, and as it, every company approaches the situation differently. Um, in many and many uh, in some companies, uh, they don't uh, protect the data; they protect the facility. So, if you look on a provider's website and they have and they tell you about how secure their data center is, um, that you know it's uh, it's guarded, it's bulletproof glass, it's so forth and so on. That's implying that the center itself is protected; that the data that resides on the machines in there, if it is not encrypted, then it is not protected. Uh, some companies um, provide uh, security via uh, handing out keys. In other words, they're the key store. The provider is the key store, and they give you a key, and then they give your client a key, and they also retain a key. So in that respect, your data is at risk from rogue uh, employees who have keys to your data. As a matter of fact, uh, there are a number of instances uh, recently where um, very, very large companies had rogue employees going in and sifting through uh, personal data of the accounts. Uh, and then there are companies like Lockbox that the keys and the data are separate. Mm. Um, we, aren't, we don't have the key. We make you the key store, and you hand out keys to the data with your, with your clients. So no Lockbox employee can ever open uh, any of the data files that reside in your system. So that's basically how the infrastructures are, are separated. There's physical physical protection, there's encryption protection with keys, and then there's where you're the key store and you're sharing the keys with your clients. Okay. So cryptology is sometimes very difficult to, to get it right. And we know that at least with the California security breach law that we have this, this – um, stick and this carrot so if you have if you have sensitive data uh in computer files electronic files and they're acquired by an unauthorized person you must disclose this to all the people who had that sensitive data in there unless unless you've encrypted right so that's that's the carrot if you've encrypted then you don't have to disclose so so let what technology is needed to make that kind of cryptology work, you know, work easily for users? Because I use encryption all the time, and I just know so many people that are kind of like thinking, oh, it's going to be too hard. So how, for example, is Lockbox making, using this technology with, with their vaults and with their transfers, how do they make it easy for people like me and people who are, you know, not techie like you? 
Well, um, the race to the cloud created, you know, uh, economies of scale. So um, the government has even said that any non-essential um, department uh, would be forced to move their information to the cloud. Um, so Homeland Security, of course, is a, is a division that would not move to the cloud. They would have their own service and protect their own stuff. But other non-essential um, departments uh, have been uh, given the mandate that they need to move to the cloud. And a lot of businesses are because of the economies of scale. That it's cheaper, the updates are faster, et cetera. But with that race to the cloud, nobody really thought through, well, how do we protect that? It's now out of our hands. How do we protect it? Um, and, you know, Lockbox uh, uses an encryption policy that is um, your data is encrypted and compressed in transmission and at rest. So it's, we have this tagline, privacy at rest, um, which means that while the data is sitting there and when nobody's touching it, it's encrypted. When it's in transmission mode, it's encrypted. So the only time it's not encrypted is when it is on your system or on your client's system. Um, the basic way that many people approached it was to encrypt the data and, and have the keys there. Well, some people got in trouble with that because they kept the keys right next to the data. Oh, goodness. So all a hacker, <laughs> all a hacker had to do was, okay, here's the data, and then over here is the key. Okay, fine, I can unlock that data. Um, Lockbox has a decentralized approach to that. The data's in the cloud. The keys are um, with you. And so um, in that respect, you could anybody, you could hand a Lockbox file to somebody and say, crack it, and without the key, they can't do that. So the keys and the data never reside in the same place. Um, you know, uh, but, but we the, deal with security. But the company itself has to have some... Uh, good standards for protecting that that key and protecting that data itself, right? Right. But you'll see many instances uh, where that standard is, you know, is just out thought. Remember, when you're, when you're protecting data at, at the uh, cloud level, you're looking at protecting every potential threat that can come at you, okay? If you encrypt the data... Then you just have to worry about that one aspect. Right. Um, you don't have to worry about facility breach. You don't have to worry about um, employee or user, rogue employees or users going after the data. If the data is encrypted and the key is nowhere to be found, it's protected. And okay. that's kind of the way we look at things. Okay. So let's, let's kind of walk me through this. Let's say I want to send a private communication, and I'm in any business. I could be a lawyer like I am, or I could be in anything, but I want to send sensitive data to a client, or if, if I'm an individual, I want to send it maybe to family members, something very sensitive about maybe something about a trust. So uh, <clears throat> what steps would I take if I, if I was using Lockbox, for example? Well, Lockbox uses a, um, a, a Java applet. And, and again, I don't want to over-technify this. Um, but no, make it basically, simple. <laughs> <laughs> basically, there's a user interface. Um, that you as the administrator have that okay. allows you to drag and drop content into a, in, into the cloud. So there's, uh, a, an interface that looks very much like Internet Explorer, your, um, your files and your tree structure that you see in Explorer, um, and you just simply drag content across and drop it in the correct box for the correct individual. 
Now, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be encrypted, or can it be encrypted before it goes in there? It can, but it doesn't have to be, because the minute it's dropped into the box, uh, Lockbox goes to work, and, and that's where 90% of Lockbox resides is under the covers, transparent to the end user, transparent to your mom and dad who are going to get a, you know, a, a file from you or your kids um, or your clients. Right. Uh, once the file is dropped in, the system under the covers goes to work at using the um, encryption model to encrypt uh, the file. And then after encryption, it compresses the file and it transfers. So it's transferring, it's encrypting, it's compressing, and it's transferring as it goes. Okay. Uh, and you'll actually watch it on the screen as it transfers up into the cloud. You'll see it going up into the cloud in transfer mode. Okay, so for me to get into that, and I know I'm asking very simple questions, but I think people like to know how to do it. So I need the key to even get into that vault? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I have a special key that, that I have. It's one key that I have for all the times that I'm using that vault? Yes. Okay. So then I get the key, I get into the vault, I put something there. Then do I put like... um. An email address in of my fam of my family members or my clients is that what I do? I just put that where it's going to go. Right. You uh, you will actually when you create a a client or family member box, it'll ask you for their email address. It'll ask you for the box the the username that they're going to log in with, and it'll ask you for some other information. And when it creates that box, it creates a special set of keys from you and a special set of keys for them that they can access the data with. Um, so at, at that particular point on box creation is where underneath it, it creates that special set of keys between the two of you. Okay, so so do I know the other, my, uh, I only know my key, I don't know the other person's key, or do I know my client's key? No, you don't know the client's key. You don't see, actually you don't see any of the keys or any of that um, technology in play. Okay. Um, it, the, the screen will tell you that it's creating, you know, it's, it's creating the security set for you. Um, and you'll see a, a small bar moving across the screen that will tell you that when that's completed. And, um, and then the keys are, are ready to be distributed. So are the keys passwords or what are they? Are, they could be fingerprints. They could be anything, right? But <laughs> I mean, what well, are the keys? Are they right now? Again, are they passwords? Um, well, your access, your key store is accessed via a password. Okay. Um, and so that allows you and uh, a, a simplified method for getting to the keys. Um, when you invite a user or you invite a, a client to share data with you, um, they're given a, a, a set of passwords and keys that gets them into the system. So let's say oh. I have one, one client, a set of clients in mediation that let's say I may have them for six or eight months. So I would have that vault for them and I would have that box that, that they would use and it's the same key for me or the same password and the same password for them. Is that correct? Yeah. Everybody would have their own password because one of the big uh, things that you have to keep track of with security and privacy regulations is who touched the data. So um, everybody has a different set of keys and different passwords. That allows you the ability to allow access or revoke access. So if you and I are communicating today and tomorrow, um, for some reason, um, 
you don't want to communicate with me anymore, you can revoke my key and my access is shut off and all keys underneath the system are rotated so that that person can never get back into the box. Um, the, the, in mediation, which is a, a great topic because we were at that conference and, and there's such a need for um, security um, that basically um, you can allow you can allow um, people into boxes and you, you have an audit trail. Everything they touched or read, there's no more saying, I didn't get this. There's no more saying, I didn't read it, um, I didn't delete it, because the audit trail in the background of this allows for you to um, see who did what and when. And that's a big thing that you have to have when you're talking about regulations and compliance. Um, because if you end up in court, you need to show that, A, you encrypted the data here, that the data transferred encrypted, that it sat encrypted, and that these people are the only ones who had access to it. So if there's a data breach, it didn't come from your end. So it shows every time the data, it keeps an audit trail of every time the data is accessed by anyone who has a key? Yes. And it shows who who... Like, if it knows who has the key, would it say, like, Mari accessed on 1020 or 10 or 11, you know, 20 or whatever? Is that what it, it does? It would show me the past like that? Yep. Oh, yes, it will. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Well, so then, it, it, I, that's an important feature. Do not, do not ignore that feature. That it, it, access and who did what when is important. If you edit that file, I need to know you edited it. And in Lockbox, you can create read-only files. So you can put a file up there and make it read-only so that they can read it, but they can't edit it or change it. And that comes in very helpful in, um, in, in CPAs and so forth. When you create somebody's tax return, they'll put it up into Lockbox, and they will make it read-only. And that way the person can take the file down and can send off their taxes, but they can't edit the file and then say that they received and edited. This is what the accountant gave me. Well, no, this is it, the lockbox will show who touched it and when they touched it and, and if it's read-only. So it, would your suggestion be that um, people, when they're sending files back and forth through a, a provider like lockbox, that they actually don't download to their computer, that they leave it there and they just access it when they need it rather than actually download it? Is that something? No. Um, there's a misconception, and, and this happens quite frequently. I have people call me and say, well, you know, I'm using this service provider, and they show me thumbnails of all my documents up in the cloud. You never want to open a file in the cloud. Any file opened in the cloud is open to being accessed by other people, okay? It is, if you have a file unencrypted in the cloud, that's asking for trouble. So at no oh, okay. time... Do we allow you to open a file in the cloud? Good point. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I explained to them, they said, well, my data is encrypted. I said, well, your data can't be encrypted. If I'm showing you a thumbnail of it, then there's something that's reading that file that has access to that file, whether it has the key to the file or whether it is not encrypted. Um, that file, once you see a thumbnail of a file in the cloud, it's not encrypted. So, Phil, then, if going a little further then, so um, I go in and um, somebody sent me something on, in Lockbox or one of these other providers, and I see it, I grab it, and I download it, and then I open it? 
Well, it will download and open at the same time if you'd like it to. You just click on it. And oh, okay. And so I click, and then it's not open in the in the lockbox anymore. It's open on my computer. Yes. And then, if I'm smart, I will encrypt it on my computer. If I need right. to keep, yeah. So I'll keep it there and I'll encrypt it on my computer. Okay. Yeah. There's a there's a trend in 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 legal right now, and and. What that is, unfortunately, um, a problem is that a lot of lawyers are moving to iPad. And um, iPads are a huge target for loss and theft. They're just a popular item. And so I encourage all attorneys who are carrying around client files on their iPads or on notebooks even um, to never carry those files unencrypted. Yeah, I, I have my, call. even on my hard copy computers, um, all of my sensitive data is, in, it's encrypted on, on my computer, on all my right. computers, on all of them. My, if when I carry a, it on my laptop too, yeah. Here's a big fallacy. Um, many people think that when they boot up their computer or they start their um, uh, iPad or tablet, um, that a password is enough protection. Passwords do not imply or mean that the data beyond the password is encrypted. All the password is accessed. That allows you access into there. The data behind that password may not be encrypted, and you are not compliant. So if a doctor loses an iPad and all that's on that iPad is a, is a password to keep the people from getting into the iPad, you're not protected, you're not compliant, and you're not meeting the regulations of HIPAA. Yes, yes. So let's, we have about two minutes left. I wanted to ask you to give some specifics um, about, that are important when you're selecting a provider that's going to do like this, that it's going to help you send data, sensitive data back and forth or help you store the data in a, in a uh, protected way. So what are some of the things that we should look for in a provider? And I know Lockbox is, um, you know, trying to be one of the top providers, but what should we look for when we're selecting a provider? Okay. Privacy regulations change all the time. So you need to have a vendor that understands privacy and data security regulations. Um, they need to make sure that you are compliant um, with those regulations. Uh, make sure they're using the latest in encryption technology. Um, Make sure that the client stays on their website. So in other words, if you're using Lockbox, you can install the client portal on your website with one line of HTML code. The client never leaves your website. They don't know that they're interacting with anybody but you. And technically, they aren't interacting with anybody but you. But other providers allow for a redirect and sends your client off somewhere else. Make sure the client stays on your site. Um, make sure the provider doesn't have keys to your data. Um, as you and I have talked about in the past, one of the largest um, data provider, uh, data cloud companies out there, and I won't use their name, but um, when you upload or otherwise submit content to them, you give them a worldwide license to use, host, store, reproduce, modify, create derivative works. Mm. including adaptations, translations, etc. You allow them to communicate, publish, publicly perform, publicly display, and distribute such content as they see fit. That's in their terms and service. If, you, if you're concerned about your provider, read the terms of service, because that's a huge provider that I just mentioned, and you give them unlimited rights and hold them um, um, accountable. 
Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they are free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make so, sure that they don't have keys to your data. Make yes. sure the provider does not have keys to your data. Um, Lockbox is impervious to subpoena. If we get a subpoena to open your lockbox and show the data that's in it, we can't respond to the subpoena. We have to go out and have it quashed because we don't have keys to the data. That's wonderful. Make sure... Well, we're just about, sure we're, out of, we're out of time, oh, believe of it time? or not. Yeah, didn't that go oh my quick? Goodness. I know. We'll sure. have, well, we will have to have you back again. Thank you so much, Phil. You, you've done a terrific job, and we will, we can learn more at, why don't you just give your website, and then it's time to go. Okay, well, you can learn more at lock-box.com. That's www.lock-box.com. Well, thank you, Phil, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mari. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. for Privacy Piracy right here on KUCI. And visit our website at KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy where you can upload, where you can download podcasts. You can look at archived uh, interviews and listen to it. You can see upcoming guests and you can write us emails about what concerns you about privacy in the information age. Thanks for joining us. Bye. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.